Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Welcome back, friends. This is Ashley. And this is Brittany. And we are your host of More Than a Season podcast. Before we get started, we want to ask a huge favor because it means the most to us. If you could please go rate, download, and subscribe to our show, it would mean the world to us. Yes, we appreciate every single review that y'all submit. And we are actually going to feature a review on our next podcast episode. So make sure that you pause this episode right here, go down, review it, and we will pick one of you to be featured on our next episode. We love feedback and it's just something that's so helpful so we can make our community grow. So please take a few seconds and go do that now. But we have been having busy, busy weeks and Brittany and I uh, actually got to pause this past week and take a was it Friday? A Friday for ourselves to go downtown for a little bit. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice to, you know, get done with work a little bit early and enjoy some wine. They don't really have wine here. They don't not, not have wine. They sell wine at like a liquor store. But we in Washington were kind of spoiled because, of course, Washington wine is huge. And there was a winery in our town. So it was kind of nice to have a little like wine tasting. And it was a ladies night out on the town. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they do this event downtown in Starkville. And it's okay, fun fact first, you can't ship wine to Mississippi. So one, that's a big no no. And it's frustrating because if you have anything that you need shipped, say we went to California or whatever, you have to drive it across mm-hmm the border you can't you can't ship it to your address so that's just so funny and the wine that we had um, basically you pay tickets and it supports all the small businesses in Starkville and it's super cool because you get to go to each of the shops they fill up your cup and in hopes of filling up your cup that you (laughs) shop a little more (laughs) at each of the stops but there's some stores downtown that to be honest after living here for almost I think two years we're almost here is I didn't even know they existed, to be I honest. I not any of those stores existed. They're like, we're going to go to X, Y, and Z store. I'm like, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. But they have some really cute stuff, like super cute boutiques and things. Yeah, they do have a lot of cute stuff. I think that one of the ones I went into, which was a small business, so it's owned by a family, they create custom soaps and mm-hmm. laundry soap and candles and I liked it because it was like, you know, when you go in Bath and Body Works, you get overwhelmed by all the smells. So this was all natural (laughs) smelling. I didn't feel like I was about to pass out. Yeah. At that place, they had a bucket when you were leaving the door and it was like a bunch of their soaps that like were duds. Like they weren't the same, you know, square or whatever they were doing for their soap. So they were free and you could take as many as you wanted to. And so we were kind of like smelling them at the end. And I swear I was like, I don't, I can't even tell what this smells like. Like at the end, when I got home, I was so surprised at what smell I picked because everything starts smelling the same after a while. So I missed the smell bucket, the free bucket. (laughs) I I didn't see that. Yeah. I I didn't pay for anything. That's all I came home with. (laughs) Oh, I want some duds. I want some dud soaps. 
Yeah, and then there's a couple of beauty spots. So there's some that do um, like lash extensions, you know, Botox, all the fun things. But also they do waxing, which is so funny to me because I have never had any type of wax done like besides my eyebrows. Have you? Have you yeah. ever done that? Mm-hmm. I used to get my – my mom used to make me get my legs waxed when I was younger because <gasps> she didn't want me to shave. Because she was like, it's so ugly when it grows back and you'll just thank me later. But then I was like a rebellious little teen and I was like, I'm not waiting for my hair to grow out. (laughs) And I went to private school, so I had to wear skirts all the time. And so, you know, you can see your hair once it grows out and you have to grow it out to a certain length to get it waxed. And so I stopped doing that and I just like shaved my legs. But if I would have listened to her, I would have had no hair on my legs, I'm sure. Because if you wax oh. over time, like, it won't grow back. Yeah, one of my best friends, she lives in Oklahoma, and she gets her, like, bikini or Brazilian, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're really very up in their wax, and I just laugh because every time she describes it, it sounds like an experience. Like, I, <laughs> I cannot imagine. It's honestly the best. We don't have anything here that I would trust. Like, I know that's really mean to say, but, like, there's – places in California that I used to go to it all the time and since we've moved I just haven't done it because I haven't found anyone that I like but it's the best because it doesn't grow back for a really long time you get a few weeks out of it and of course the first time is so awkward and uncomfortable and it hurts it definitely hurts but after that you just get used to it and it's really not that bad do they like count down they're like one two rip or do they like one two three Mm -mm. oh okay No, they just like talk to you the whole time to like keep your mind off of it. And one of the girls was saying like she went and she was like it was the most awkward experience because she was trying to talk to me. And I was like, no, like this is so uncomfortable. But I think it's better when they talk to you because otherwise I'm like focused on what's going on down there. Yeah. And she was like, "Okay, so do you want to flip over? That's included if you want to flip over. And she was like, I'm out. I'm not flipping over anywhere. I hope she doesn't mind. I'm sharing the story. But I thought it was so funny because I was like crying, laughing. I'm like, I've totally been there. I don't mind it. And I don't I think it's just one of those things after a while, you're just kind of like, whatever. But I think the first time is so awkward and uncomfortable. And you're just like, I literally have my legs spread wide open for a complete stranger. <laughs> That's not my doctor. That is just like, woo. It's like the OBGYN or whatever. I'm sorry if guys are listening to this, but it is like funniest thing because you have this like curtain in most doctor's offices, you know, they give you a curtain to like undress in the corner mm-hmm. and leave your clothes. And then you're wearing like this paper wrap, like half yeah. of a tissue paper. And then you lay. You get on the table and it's so funny. It's like, it's all private, but you're completely naked. Yeah. And, and like, like, what's the point in this paper? This- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this paper for? And then while their hands or whatever they're doing with the camera go into town, I am like, they're talking to you about life. Yeah. Like while this is happening, I cannot tell you about my week while you're, you know, your hands are where the sun don't shine. I don't know what to do <laughs> when they do things like that. I like vividly remember one time I was getting a bikini wax and she was like, so like, what are you going to be for Halloween? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what a random question to ask. <laughs> like, what are your Halloween plans? I was like, oh, oh she's like God. waxing you yeah. I literally. <laughs> and then it's like, you have to get on all fours. At this place, you had to get on all fours. That's really no. uncomfortable. Getting on all fours, like, like in a, like I'm just a, like, whatever. Like a cat? Yeah. Like a, literally. Okay. But I heard laser is the best, so. Yeah. That is the next step because hair like grosses me out. Like Drew yeah. sheds. So I have like the opposite problem of what men experience because 
<laughs> men hate hair like everywhere you know in the shower and all that but that's Drew like Drew sheds so much and he has dark hair and it drives me insane like I have a mini vacuum in the bathroom that I just pull out and I like vacuum the shower I vacuum the floor because he sh- he just sheds like his head sheds so much I don't understand but it just grosses me out so I really understand where men come from on that one it's gross hair is just something something else I'll, I'll have to try the brazilian thing <laughs> let everybody know how it goes sugaring is the best for you but it's the worst it's so painful do not recommend that one i recommend a hard wax it's a lot uh easier <laughs> on your first time and that one they just kind of pull off the wax they don't get like the paper and pull it off that's like the soft wax oh. so soft wax is more painful but it gets smoother and then hard wax is like it's just so much easier it's like i don't even feel it when i did the hard wax so Highly recommend for your first time. Yeah, maybe we can make it like a, a trip to the town over and go yeah, find we'll somewhere. we'll have to find a good place for it. Isn't it weird all the things that like women have to pay for that men have no idea? I mean, all the things. Hair, makeup, eyelash, eyebrows. I mean, anything. I feel like we have it way more. Like even with clothes. Like yeah. they just have winter, summer, <laughs> dress up, dress down. We have all these different combinations. We do. But Oh, I don't know, but I will say that we are excited for this week's episode. We dive deep into the world of being fired. And if you are in the sports industry, you know that the word fired is a little bit different than what most would experience at a corporate job. And so the transition period is always so unknown. And especially when you have friends in the industry. So we interviewed two ladies and they're so open and I think that they did a great job talking about all the things that go with firing yeah so it's a really good perspective they're actually two friends that met prior to football but were introduced to the football world one of them Erin she is currently at the University of San Diego her husband is a football coach there and then Katie is at the Kansas City Chiefs and her husband is a strength coach there. So I think that they provide a really good perspective, both college and NFL, being fired on both ends. And not only were they fired, but both of them were pregnant at one point being fired and Katie at two times being fired. So it's a really funny story when she talks about all of that. So you guys will definitely have to listen in and hear their side of the story. Yeah, it's a great one. And I think that everyone can learn something from it, no matter what your sport is or what kind of chapter you're in. And they do a great, great job. So we will see you on the other side of the episode. Hello. Hey, welcome back, everyone. You know, it's our favorite time of the week where we have special guests come on our show. Yes, and we're really excited because we have two special guests this time. So we are going to pass the mic over to them to let them introduce themselves. Hi, guys. I am Katie Judkins. Uh, My husband is Tyler Judkins. He is currently an assistant strength conditioning coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. We are both originally from Minnesota. So high school, junior high, sweethearts, <laughs> we've been together for a really long time. We just transitioned to Kansas City from um, Los Angeles. So we were with the Chargers for a few seasons. He started his career coaching football with UCLA. We were there for six seasons, eventually were fired, and then ended up securing a job with the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, we had two seasons with the Chargers and then we're eventually let go from there as well um, due to some some head coaching changes. And now we are with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
I'm Erin Mazzoni. My husband, Taylor, is the wide receivers coach at the University of San Diego. So Katie and Tyler introduced me to my husband, Taylor, a long time ago. This is our first season here. We were also just fired from um, the University of Arizona. So this is our first season. And we have two little boys. Roman is three and a half. Pierce is almost two. And then we got baby number three on the way. So wild times. Yes. So exciting. Well, we were just talking right before we started recording and I had them stop. And since they both mentioned it in their opening, I want to talk about the word fired and what that means to y'all, what that means in the sports industry versus in the real world. Just what we were saying, it's the word fired has such a negative connotation in the real world, but in the sports world, it just, it's something that happens. And I've heard the, the saying there's coaches that have been fired and then there's coaches that are going to be fired. And it's just, it just happens. It's a way of life. And we kind of just have to learn to roll with it a little bit. I think too, during a season, if you're maybe not having a very successful season and you may be on the third or fourth season of not having much success, that term fired, getting fired, are are we going to lose our jobs? Are we, you know, are they going to make a change? All of that just sort of becomes top of mind and is really kind of heavy on everyone's hearts during the season. And you kind of wonder, okay, do I need to like start planning things? My lease is coming up. Should we renew our lease? Should we, you know, punt a little bit and see how long we can wait until we need to, you know, secure our housing for the next year? Are we going to get fired? And then as we were discussing, you know, you're talking with family and friends about potentially getting fired and people give you that like, wait, what? Fired? What did he do? Did he do something wrong? And it's like, well, no, it's just what happens. You know, it's, that's, that's the nature of the beast in this industry. And, and I think that when you talk to people who really understand what that means in this world, you don't get that reaction of like, what do you mean you're getting fired? But yeah, you know, you're kind of like, I feel for you. Like I get it. You know, it happens. When you kind of compare it to corporate world, it's, it's interesting with the sports industry because I think that there's so much pressure on quick turnaround. So like quick results, quick winning, like you have to bring that result in order to stay. And I think that in, in a corporate job, I mean, you do one-on-ones, you set goals, you do all these things. And unless you either change career paths or you, you know, do something terribly wrong, you don't usually get fired. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's such an interesting comparison. And the word fired, I wish there was another term to put with that because it's not really like you're fired like a terrible thing in most cases so it's just one of those things that people don't realize but both of you have shared that you've been fired you've been through it you know what it's like so with relationships with women on the team how in the world do you separate the two friendship and job well this actually happened to us I kind of forgot about it until that question so we were on staff together at UCLA Tyler was a strength coach. My husband was a quarterback's coach and a couple of people on the offensive staff got let go and the rest of the staff stayed. And so we ended up moving to Texas A&M and our first game was against UCLA. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was like, it was wild. I think we made like, we never talked about it, but we decided not to sit with each other at the game. Like I, I flew to LA, but I feel like with wives, you don't, you're not going to mesh with everyone, but the relationships that you really want to keep, you're going to keep no matter what. 
the other wives know what you're going through. They're your rock through the good and the bad. And, yeah. and I think for us too, I mean, our friendship existed prior to a friendship on a staff, right? So, you know, we have that too, where our roots go like a little deeper than just being on the staff together at UCLA. Now, with that said, it's hard to see your best friend move across the country. It's really hard to see, you know, that couple that you spend so much of your time with. And then at the same time, it's like, you want success for them when they're not playing with you, yeah. you know, and <laughs> I'll say that to this day about, about anyone I'm friends with. There's a, a girlfriend of mine who they're with the Raiders now, and I'll be a Raiders fan every game of the season, except for when they play us. Yeah. But you better believe I'll text you during the game and, you know, be cheering you on. And then, uh, you know, when you do end up playing each other, it's like, it's almost better just to like get through it, get past it. You talk about it for a second and then you move on yeah, and it's done. a new day. Yeah. I think that's so great that y'all have such a great friendship too. And you can kind of know that it might not be the best idea to sit next to each other, although you'd probably want to because you haven't seen each other. And it's like that excitement of seeing your friend, but you know that it's probably not the best idea for you to sit next to each other just because it's hard. You want to be with that person, but also you're like, wait, (laughs) I don't want you to win. (laughs) I want to win on this game. So like you both met, you introduced her to her husband. So how did that happen? Erin and I were both working for a mortgage company and we got transferred out to Southern California. Before we got transferred, my now husband, Tyler, was already interning at UCLA. So I was like, great, this is perfect. I can get out to Southern California and be close to him. And so I knew that there were a couple of the people from our office that were also going to be going out for this assignment. And at like five o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, I don't know, we had a super early flight. I met Aaron at the airport and thank God I did. (laughs) We bonded over Starbucks instantly and we've been literal best friends ever since. It just sort of clicked. It's, I felt like we worked in an office with hundreds of people and never met each other and had mutual friends, still never met each other. And I love those little like fake stories or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to say incestual, but like... (laughs) In a way, like meant to be. Once, yeah, once you're once you're like in the mix, it's like, all right, well, it just only made sense that she met and married Taylor. I don't know. Yeah. Did y'all both know what you were your lifestyle, like that you were about to enter? Because if he's interning at UCLA and then Aaron, you're like, hey, this guy's really cute, but I know nothing of what is about to happen. So Aaron, were you kind of like blindsided or what did you feel? I think a little bit blindsided because we had such a good wives, girlfriends crew at UCLA that it was like fake reality. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, we, we leave and move and not saying the the wives at the next, you know, place weren't, weren't equally as great, but it just, it was kind of shocking because you think you're getting into one thing and I'm like, I have a great job. I live in LA. There's so many things to do. Um, you had these great wives to hang out with all the time. I had Katie and then we moved to the middle of nowhere in Texas and I'm like, okay, what, what is this? And then that's when our relationship kind of, you know, Taylor and I kind of went through like, okay, we, now we need to figure this out together and it's different. It's very different. 
it's interesting that you say that because I'm at that point right now. Like I've had Ashley like since I moved to Washington and then I met her right when I moved, we moved at like the same time, met her, we moved on here and I'm like, I'm so nervous for that next place because I know I'll be fine, but it's always that like initial when you meet someone else, if you're not with somebody that you already know. So it's such a scary time when you found out that y'all were going to be fired what was that period like for you? What was that like in between transition? Was there like some waiting or did you kind of know it was coming? What did that feel like for you? I kind of knew it was coming a little bit, just the relationship our head coach and our quarterback had, I think they wanted to go in a different direction. And so we kind of had, you know, the vibe that it was coming, but it was immediate. Like Taylor and I didn't live together. We were just dating. And he was like, can you help pack my stuff up? I'm leaving in three days. And I was like, like, wait, you just, you just got fired yesterday. Like you're leaving on Friday. Like it, it was so fast, everything. So it just kind of happened. And then he flew back the next weekend and proposed. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll move with you. <laughs> so. It paid you for packing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, all right, you packed. So now I will propose. <laughs> yeah, right? Katie, what about you? How did that whole transition happen? So I was pregnant when I found out we got fired, newly pregnant. And I was like, oh, this is, um, <laughs> this is different. And now don't get me wrong. I, I think sometimes you can kind of see things coming and the writings on the wall and whatever, and people are talking, but at the same time, we were trying for our first, I didn't know how long it was going to take. And you just kind of take a leap of faith. And, and then we ultimately got fired. I was like, okay, well, we're just going to figure this out because panicking about it is going to do nothing. And you just sort of rely on your faith to say like, this is all going to work out. It's going to be scary. It's going to be weird. You have to just take it one day at a time. And ultimately things work out. Is it always the way you anticipated or hoped, or is it the picture perfect result? No, now for us in California, I think it was a little perfect in our situation. You know, we got, we got fired at UCLA. I was pregnant. I was working um, for a production company. I had, you know, a solid maternity leave. And I'm like, I am terrified to transition to another state, another team while pregnant and risk losing out on that. So when we found out that we were able to have an opportunity with the chargers and not leave LA, we didn't have to move. You know, I had my baby in Los Angeles. I kept my doctor the whole time. I got to take advantage of my maternity leave. And, and it's one of those things where like, yes, it all, it all really did pan out kind of right. Mm -hmm. Now my second pregnancy was also our second firing. So oh I have told God. my husband that I am probably done having babies because every time I get pregnant, we get fired. So, so the, my second baby was a little different. You know, we got, we got fired from the chargers and I showed up to Kansas city, seven and a half ish months pregnant, met my doctor a few times, got referred to her from my realtor and uh, had a baby. So from your realtor. I love it. Yeah. I was like, do you, I need a dentist and need someone to do my hair. I need a real, or I need yes. a OB and a pediatrician. Thank Priorities. Yes. We're the same way. We're like, where can we get our hair done? Also add that yes. in the mix. Yes. Doctors plus hair. 
So you had your own job when you were in LA for the first time. So you guys were kind of able to rely on that a little bit. But for the second time, were you working at that point or did you have like a second stream of income or what did that look like? I still am working. I work for Netflix. I'm still currently working for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on maternity leave until top of next year, but I was working the whole time when, when both of those happened. And thankfully, you know, with UCLA, I don't think he ever went a month without a paycheck in between his contract at UCLA and the chargers Mm -hmm. and from the chargers to the chiefs. I think he went maybe one or two pay periods without a paycheck. Granted, you know, I was still working, but we've been very fortunate in that way. I know that, that that's not always the case, but for us, it it sort of worked out from, from a financial standpoint. I mean, when I was in Kansas, I was there for a brief period of time. I think it was a little over a year and we were with the University of Kansas. And so that is a tough program. All good things to Lawrence. I loved that place, but it's very tough to be able to create a result that, you know, everyone's wanting. And I remember we got fired, but we were on GA salary. So very low income salary. And so I remember when we were told that the whole staff was fired, I was like, oh, well, no offense, but you're just a GA. Like, that's okay. Like, we'll stay. And no, it was everybody. And I remember I was like, how could you fire a GA? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. But I do remember feeling some of this, like, not bitterness, but almost like uh, I was frustrated because I was like, well, how could they do that? Like, I don't understand. And so did y'all ever feel that after you received the news? I did actually, after we left UCLA, I went to Texas A&M. When we got fired from there, I, I did feel that because we got fired after a winning season. I mean, you guys know the SEC is just, it's, it's a different world. And I did have a little bit of bitterness just because we were winning. You know, mm-hmm. we, we were ranked nationally, I think, number four the year before. And then the next season we got fired. So even watching last week, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So was still cheering for Alabama, but don't worry, we were um, too because we play Alabama this weekend. <laughs> we were like, we don't want the rap. We're like, dang, that yeah. could have been us. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's the way you gotta do it. If if to let a little bit of bitterness out, you're okay with them losing a game, you know, here and there. <laughs> that's okay. It. But yeah, for the most part, you kind of just you just gotta roll with it and know that it's part of the industry and it's gonna happen. So I, I think it's it's human nature to feel a little bit of that, right? Like Mm -hmm. as, as much as you want to say that you don't feel bitter about something, there's always that split second of like, gosh, this really sucks. You know, Mm -hmm. you start thinking about all the things that happened as a result of it. When your husband is on a staff with several other individuals and, you know, oftentimes it's just a trickle effect and you're a victim of something that happened all the way at the top. But I think that it's how you get past that feeling of bitterness. That's the healthy side of things. You know, you have to figure out how you just move on and move forward after that. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because like you just mentioned that usually the head coach gets fired. And I think people outside the sports industry don't understand that, that everybody basically gets fired once the head coach gets fired. Like Mm -hmm. they think, oh, well, that's fine. Like he doesn't, he's not the head coach. 
like, no, but it doesn't work that way. Like basically it comes all the way down and people bring their new staff on. And so it's interesting how that happens. Like you said, it's not really directly their fault or maybe someone else. And then they kind of get guilty by association. I guess that's, that is my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm watching a game with friends or family, or I'm at a bar and you hear the fire so-and-so oh, yes. fire so-and-so yes. yeah. and I'm like you are setting the burner on because mm-hmm. people just don't realize that there are wives and there are girlfriends and there are children and there are parents and people who are all affected by things like that and it's just that's that's such a trigger statement for me. I completely agree with that because I was also seven months pregnant when we got fired from AM. All these people are like, fire the head coach, fire the head coach. And I'm like, what about my unborn baby? Like mm-hmm. th- it really does trickle down. And it is like the things that people outside of the sports industry don't think about is who else is all affected. And you hear it a lot more, I think, professional yeah. football mm-hmm. maybe, but yeah, it happens all the time and they don't understand even by even our families like I swear our families still don't get it so like thank god you know we have each other (laughs) I know (laughs) they really don't they don't understand and I feel like all these fans like I I work at Washington State Alumni Association and I laughed because when I was there and Drew was still there I would get emails like fire leech, like he sucks that weekly, weekly. First of all, I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do about it? (laughs) It's crazy. The amount of emails we get from people that just don't think and they just type and send Mm -hmm. and they don't think about who it affects or the fact that I'm reading this and being like, there's people behind this. There's families. There's, you know, all these people. This is where their income comes from. This isn't just like for fun for you to watch on TV. So I love the way you put that. I really do. Yeah. Do did y'all tell like are your children old enough to know what was going on, or were they too young to know that you know the firing and things like that? I'm not sure of the ages, so I'm I'm always curious with kids. We both we both don't have children, but when we get to that point when kids at school or things happen and everybody knows your last name. I just am so curious what y'all think about that with talking to your kiddos. So my my oldest just turned three. Oh, yep. And then I have a three and a half month old. But this last season was sort of a unicorn because we weren't able to go mm-hmm. to any games. The stadiums in LA were at zero capacity. So the last time that he was really at a Chargers game, he was strapped to me in a Moby wrap and probably (laughs) slept. So, but what, now that we're with the chiefs, you guys, the number of chiefs footballs and jerseys and helmets, and you will not meet a bigger chiefs fan. And we're on, you know, week six of the season, this kid is like diehard. And so I'm terrified for the transition after this, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's inevitable, right? And no one wants to talk about it. I hope it's not for a really long time. But this kid now is like, I will bleed red for Kansas City. Like <laughs> he loves the Chiefs. I love that. <laughs> and obviously my my little one, hopefully, you know, hopefully she gets to grow up a Chiefs fan. Yes. I would love that. Yes. So and our our oldest is three and a half. So he doesn't really, you know, realize we actually had an Arizona game on the other day and he's like, Mommy, it's daddy's team. I was like, well, kind of, <laughs> <not> anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he's 
more more so missing like the friends that they make you know he'll ask about other other kids and stuff like that but they're definitely too young to understand but my husband actually went through this his dad is also a coach and you know when he was coaching in the SEC he said he'd been you know when he was in high school either if they won he was the coolest kid in the school and when they lost like kids wouldn't talk to him I, I don't know what we're going to do when we get to that point with our kids because I'm sure we're going to you know continue to move and and go through this and thank God I have my mother-in-law to mm-hmm. talk to about these kind of, co- what kind of conversations you have. And I don't know if it'll be different with boys or girls, like if it's going to be different with, with Evelyn and with Carter, but yeah. I'll be curious to see. I think, I think gender does play a role in it. Yeah. You know, it is different for boys than it is for girls. And as much as we want to say it's not, it is. And I don't know, so far these kids are resilient yeah. and <laughs> When we, when we moved to Kansas city, so my husband was in a hotel for two months. He came in March. I stayed back in California. We sold our house. So it was just Carter and I in California. And then we'd try and figure out a way to see each other, you know, every couple of weeks or so. And then when we got out here, of course, we picked the worst year to move because the housing market is (laughs) bananas, bananas. So Gosh, we put five or six offers in on different houses and, you know, living in a hotel pregnant with a (laughs) two and a half year old wasn't really feasible. So we ended up finding Airbnbs. So we stayed in two different Airbnbs until we were able to close on our house after we had Evelyn. So we were living in the Airbnb when I had her. So I made some serious Amazon purchases just to get us (laughs) through because all of our, all of my like baby stuff was on a truck. Thank God, before we moved, my husband was like, maybe we should keep the bassinet out and just ship it. And I was like, you know, shocking that you brought that up. You are really, you're really on it. So thank God we did, because otherwise I would have to buy a new bassinet. But it's things like that. That's like, my mom jokes about it. She's like, you should just write a checklist of what to do when you get fired, when you're pregnant and you have to put all your stuff on a truck. What should you keep out? What should you send? Like, Yeah, that's genius. I was just going to ask you that question. Like, what was that like being pregnant and having to move and uproot and that feeling? Because I feel like that is so scary, especially as your first kid. I'm sure it's scary anytime, but especially as your first kid, you're like, what the heck? What's that feeling like? Or what are some things that you would say, like, you definitely need to do X, Y, or Z? That is a great question. Yeah, it, it was my first when we got fired. I, I was working in Texas and then I actually had to quit my job because I had to make the decision either keep my job and my maternity leave and all of that, or, you know, be with my husband in our new home. And he obviously didn't want to miss the birth of his first child. So mm-hmm. I will say that my parents have been such a godsend and having people, you, you know, your little support system. Cause when you're super pregnant, packing up a house and, you know, getting everything moved. And then I was, I was too pregnant to fly. So I had to drive from college station to Tucson that it just, you keep out. And with your first kid, you don't really know. You don't know what you need. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, yeah, we had a few things. I want to say like our bassinet, you know, kept some swaddles out, some stuff like that, just in case. And for the most part, everything was just on a truck three and a half years now. And now I'm on my third baby. I'm like, I don't know what I need for, <laughs> for a kid anymore. It's just like, yeah, you just did this. Was there anything that you, other than the bassinet, did you keep anything out? Uh, bassinet, car seat, honestly, anything that you need, you can really order. But 
my biggest thing I think after moving here is when you get to a new state or a new city or wherever you're going, find one person you can connect with. You know, hopefully it's someone on staff who can introduce you to other people. And, you know, the first wife that I met here is, is our head strength coach's wife. And she's a blessing to me. I mean, she's just like embraced our family, my kids, has introduced me to people, provided resources locally. The other thing too is there's a gal with the Chiefs who works with like player engagement. And she reached out to some schools on my behalf. I was looking for schools for Carter. She's like, we have resources for nannies, for childcare. If you need someone to watch your kid on game day, So tap into the team's resources too, I would say, you know, even in terms of finding a doctor, if you're pregnant, that's number one. That was number one for me. Find a doctor, someone who you can start creating a relationship with. And even if you're flying back and forth to your new city from your old city, while you're trying to sell your house or whatever, make your appointments for when you come into town. So you can have the person who's going to be delivering your baby, start caring for you as soon as possible. I would say that. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I, with all the back and forth and the transition over the past couple of years, I'm going to ask a very honest question because being pregnant and then you get fired and then you're left behind to do all the details. We know that that is very tough. And with your relationship with your significant other, how do you keep those feelings like not into bitterness or not like, oh gosh, dragging me across the United States again. And, you know, I'm putting my body through this and all these things. So How did y'all make it to where your mindset shifted from bitterness to a really good perspective of like, oh, it's a new chapter. It's weird. This, this time I sort of felt like our clock in California was, you know, ticking. It was, it was almost up. Like I just, we knew that when we were done with the chargers, it's like, okay, we can either go to the Rams or we can go to USC. And those are the only two other teams in California. Like we've, we've already hit two of them. The, the odds of hitting another one are slim, right? So we're probably out of here. So I think when we ultimately, you know, learned that we were moving, it's scary as hell. It is. And I'll be the first to say that your mindset is so much of it and your, your mindset about it can make or break your experience. And I'm not going to say it's not hard because it's hard as heck. But there's something that happens in your, your marriage and your relationship that is really cool. And my husband lived across the country from my pregnant large self and my, our two and a half year old, (laughs) you know, you put him up on the laptop at bedtime and you all read a story together. Is it the same? No, but those little efforts that you can make along the way, just really, I think, strengthen your marriage. They strengthen your relationship. Your family dynamic just, I don't know if it improves, but it, it just changes for the better. Now I know that my experience is probably not everyone else's experience. And I, I don't want to act like it's not hard and challenging and communication is, is key and it's everything. And it takes so much effort on both sides, doing the little things that you would normally do in person, being able to give someone a hug, give someone a kiss at night. You don't have that. So you have to find ways to still be able to show that same love to each other when you're not there. Absolutely. And I think for one thing for me is I kind of thrive in those situations. So you're so busy doing 
and getting stuff done that you know, you don't have time to to sit there and be bitter, at, mm-hmm. at least in my mind. So I say, you go, you get the job, you go. And then that's where I thrive. I love the contacting all these different places and, and I am a stay at home mom. So maybe it's just something that, you know, gives me something to do, <laughs> but I love the organizing and the planning and packing and getting everything set up. And it, it is true. Thank the Lord for modern like technology before FaceTime. I don't know yeah. like what people would do, you know, even, even now in season, we don't see daddy very often. And so FaceTime is such a godsend for them. And yeah, I agree doing those little those little things that can keep you connected. And then just knowing that you're going to be back together soon. I know that some of that transition was quick and it kind of wasn't time for them to like sit there and have to figure out their next step maybe. But did either of them get to that point where they were like, what the hell am I going to do next? Because I feel like when we were at Washington State, we've talked about this, Ashley went first and my boyfriend was like, okay, now I'm not working here. I'm not working there. And I'm kind of in between. And he was like, I've never seen him like that. It was like he was in a world of his own and I had to like do everything around. So did you guys have that period at all? Absolutely. We had a really tough time this this last move. So we got fired actually like three days before Christmas, which was a great gift. Yeah. And everything with COVID this last year being unemployed was it was really tough. A lot of teams weren't hiring as, as many coaches. He sat and didn't get this job until May. So people are like, oh, you get time together. But like my husband's physically here, but he's, he's not here. He was every single day on the phone talking to everyone he knew. And, you know, being fired is not easy. And that, that was really hard on him. And we really had to figure out, first of all, going from not seeing each other ever to being together 24-7 for four months. And then you know, him constantly looking for a job and then us having to come up with plan B. Okay. What, what do we do if he has to take a season off and doesn't get a job this season? So yeah, you definitely have to, to figure out what you're going to do. And we made a plan B and thank the Lord, we didn't have to go that direction. And he, he got this job here. So you just hang on every phone call, every time that phone rings during that period. And our period between jobs this last time wasn't as long as Aaron and Taylor's, but it feels like every single day is a week Mm -hmm. and you get the phone call from somebody who, you know, is, is trying to work things out for you and is putting in a word for you. And, and you don't want to be that guy, but you're like, I want to follow up tomorrow. I want to follow up the next day. I want to follow up the next day. And they're still going to work every day and their time is precious too, but you feel like you're relying so much on other groups of people And it's just one giant network. And I almost feel like I saw Tyler less when he didn't have a job Mm -hmm. than when he did, because he was constantly walking around the backyard, going for a drive, walking around the the block on the phone, talking to whoever about any opportunity. It's just constant networking. Yeah. I want to ask for myself selfishly, because I think that with following the the firings like a couple years ago I was so into it so like I was following the sports scoop I was watching the news I was literally looking on Instagram Twitter I mean I became like a crazy person and screenshotting it 
to Carson yeah. and being like, do you know this person? This person's this person's brother. And I think I think they know each other. And maybe they had coffee one time. I was just, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I was crazy. And so we had to come to this like together plan of like, you don't look at the scoop or <laughs> anything during these couple of weeks. So did y'all figure out how to separate that? Because I think it's my personality where I'm like, I have to like control this and make sure I have a hand in it, even though no one's going to talk to me about anything. I think I'm going to call a big lie on anyone that says that they're not checking the scoop. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> because that was like my second most frequented browser tab. Refresh. That time. Refresh. Refresh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's whether or not you choose to have the open conversation of, that you're actually doing it or you just do it in private, but <laughs> yeah, I do it in private. I never told you. <laughs> I, I think, I think we're, we're all, all over the Twitter. Yeah, we're all, yeah. all over, you know, whatever to try and get the latest updates, but Hey, what if, what if you find the connection that he didn't find and that gets you the job, right? I better be getting a percent of that contract. <laughs> exactly. His new agent. You get a signing <laughs> bonus. I think we talk to each other mm-hmm. more like about stuff like that. I'll be like, oh, did you see so-and-so got fired? Or, and that, that's the one thing I hate too. I, I never want anyone else to get fired. Yeah. But when they do, that means there's more opportunity for you. And so, I mean, it's such a catch 22 because it goes the other way as well. But yeah, I think my husband is not really a communicator when it comes to that sort of stuff. I learn more when he's talking to other people. So I am the (laughs) biggest eavesdropper ever when he's on the phone. I'm like, and then hangs up and then I ask a million questions, but they're in the backyard and you're like opening the window, right? Just like (laughs) put your ear up against the screen. But yeah, I, I remember, I, I knew that our head coach was probably going to take us from A&M to Arizona and there was buzz about him getting a job somewhere. And so I was constantly, like I was searching his name on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. constantly refreshing football scoop, like anything you can do to just ease that tension or, you know, that feeling. And then if you see something else, but it definitely can backfire too. I've, I've refreshed football scoop and found out that a job we thought we were going to get yeah. somebody else got. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can definitely backfire, but yeah, I think if your significant other isn't, you don't want to scare them. I feel like I put more pressure on him when I constantly am bringing it up. Mm-hmm. So finding yourself a little connection that you can talk to somebody else, like <laughs> it's the best. The number of screenshots Aaron and I have sent back and forth from Twitter is I would be embarrassed to admit <laughs> This off season was a little rough for the both of us. Yeah. I feel like that's what makes it kind of fun. Although we don't want people to get fired, like you mentioned, it's also kind of like, it's exciting. It's that next, it's almost that drama element that we all crave, even though we don't, we shouldn't. We all want that like drama. Mm -hmm. As long as it doesn't involve us, we all love drama. Like, I swear, I don't know if you guys are like this, but if somebody gets fired, I am immediately, I'm like, oh, someone from, someone from Kansas City got fired. I am immediately looking at houses in Kansas City. Like, what's the market look like? What does the houses look like there? Like, in my mind, we're already moving to Kansas City. I know, you know, the neighborhood. I mean, you just get it, drop the pen down. Do they have a target? Yeah. You guys don't have a target, right? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Oh, that's always my first. I'm like, does the city have a target? I'm like, do they have an airport? Like, that's yes. the one thing. We haven't had, like, an airport. I'm like, come on, airport. Let's go. Nice oh, yeah. Move. 
but we have one more question that someone submitted so did you guys end up saving away like finances or like you know three to six months of your mortgage and all of that stuff do you do that now yeah so we work with a financial advisor we have for years and with covid we actually had to take a pay cut our last year at arizona and then you know we we had heard the rumblings and everything on social media so we met with our financial advisor and instead of giving you know the money we give him every month for stocks in our future retirement we kind of split that so that my concern was not having enough like cash mm -hmm. that if we needed something. So we, we divvied up what we give him and ended up putting half to the stocks and half to like a money market account that if we needed access to immediately, we could have. So very, very smart. I will say selling the house in this market definitely helped us as well, but it is something that they're not guaranteed the next job, or it might take four or five months to get the next job. And I'm not, I'm not working. So we don't have that fallback. So definitely making sure that we had a savings plan was very, very important for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our situation just a little different. Tyler, fortunately, you know, wasn't subject to a pay cut over the last year and I've been working full time. So with the two incomes, we, decide how much we're going to contribute to our 401ks, you know, and then we have money for investments that we like to do on our own. And I think when something like that happens, you just look at your full financial picture and you say, okay, where, where is my money currently going? Mm -hmm. And where do I feel like Aaron said, where can it live where it's accessible in the event I need to access it? And where's my future money, right? Because there are two different buckets. Right. Well, there are several different buckets, but you know, an immediate and a future. And so I think what's important is kind of looking at your your full picture. And and if you're working with a financial planner, or you know, you have someone in your family that you can can trust to talk to about that kind of stuff. I think it's always good to bounce those ideas off of somebody. But I think you have to take a step back and look at where your money is. And then it's kind of just a puzzle piece. No, that's great advice. Thank you both for sharing that. And our last question we like to ask on every single podcast show, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, anything to help you out in this industry, what would you have shared with yourself? I think don't, don't be scared of the unknown. You know, so much of our world is unknown. You never know what the next step is or what it has in store for you. And life just keeps getting better and better and everything does work out the way that it's supposed to. So less stress about those things. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I would also <laughs> say I learned fast, not with my own experience, but just stay out of the drama, enjoy yourself, find your good group. If your circle is small, but strong, there's nothing wrong with that. Sports as a whole feels like, oh, there's so many people that work in sports. But when you put everyone in the pool together, it's not that big, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone kind of has a connection. I'm sure that there are people on your staff that we have connections with through people mm -hmm. that we know, you know, yeah. everyone's connected. So I would just say, take care of yourself, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people and enjoy it because there are millions of people who turn on their TV and you know, watch football or basketball or whatever it is. And the fact that you get to be directly a part of that is something pretty special. It's kind of fun at the end of the day to be able to flip on the TV and say, look, it's daddy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so remember those exciting moments when the bad ones come and know that the bad ones are usually short-lived and you always come out on the other side. I love both of those things that you guys said. We always look for people to say different things and those are just the perfect ending to this conversation. So thank you all so much for coming on. We really appreciate you being real and honest with a tough topic. So thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.